You're listening to Bulletproof Radio with Dave Asprey. What if there was a way to level up your energy, get rid of stress, and take more control of your body? Welcome to Quantum Upgrade. This is a new technology that taps into quantum energy to help you feel amazing. Quantum Upgrade has a lot of different products that help protect you from EMF and help activate your body's natural healing abilities. You can expect better sleep, more resilience, less stress, and better blood flow. The cool thing about Quantum Upgrade is that the products are backed by a lot of heavy-duty scientific studies, and there's a new measurable upgrade. You can now use Quantum Upgrade to increase your consciousness levels between 1,400 and 2,200 on the Hawkins map of consciousness. If you don't know what that means, do some research because it's impressive, it's fun to learn about, and it's something that I've come to understand. Ready to try Quantum Upgrade? Visit quantumupgrade.io slash Dave for a seven-day free trial. Everyone's talking about red light therapy beds, and for good reason. There's a company called ARRC LED that's building an entirely new class of LED devices. ARRC LED beds integrate proprietary scanning technology and frequency protocols to shape the delivery of six different wavelengths in dose-optimized photobiomodulation. Yes, that's a lot of words. What it is, though, is that photobiomodulation improves the underlying energetics of the cells in your body. And those changes can benefit nearly every tissue and organ and system in your body. You change your cells and you change your life. For more information, visit ARRCLED.com. Today's cool fact of the day is about testosterone. It's unexpectedly a secret equalizer in love, not just sex, but elevated levels of it can have too much influence over marriage. Studies show that when us guys fall in love, our testosterone levels lower, but when women fall in love, their testosterone levels go up. But studies that show men who have higher testosterone levels usually end up single or divorced. So it's important for us married folks to get our testosterone level Uh, measured and hacked, which means you can do things like eating egg yolks, maybe butter, things like that, and other things like looking out for getting enough sleep and things like that. And I can tell you from personal experience that if you're a guy with low testosterone, I had less testosterone than my mom when I was 26, uh, that that kind of sucks. And I can also tell you that if you're with a woman who is low in testosterone, uh, it sucks for the woman, it also sucks for the guy. So testosterone is, uh, is important stuff. What if there was a way to feel younger for longer? Well, there is. Your body needs something called the NAD plus molecule to help you age well. When you're young, your body makes a lot of NAD plus, and that helps you make energy. It helps you keep your DNA healthy, absorb nutrients well, and it protects your cells from stress. But once you hit about 30, your NAD plus levels start to drop. The good news is that longevity scientists have found some things that can help, like niacin, niacinamide, and niagen. They help your body make more NAD plus even as you age. All three of these are in an amazing formula called Qualia NAD plus. Check out Qualia NAD plus risk-free for up to 100 days at neurohacker.com slash Dave15 to save an extra 15%. That's neurohacker.com slash Dave15, Qualia NAD+. It's what I use. Today's guest is Dr. Tammy Miraglia, also known as Dr. Tammy, 
Dr. Tammy, welcome. Thank you. It's because I married an Italian and nobody can say or spell Moralia with a G in the middle. Wait, did I say it wrong? <laughs> I always said it with a G. I know. It's, it's Moralia? Moralia. With a like, silent G? So I've known you for like three years. I, I, I introduced you on stage at the Bulletproof Conference the wrong way and you're just telling me now. I know. I went through residency and I had a, my attending physician said, called me Dr. Myalgia. Which actually means like pain in the muscle. And I just thought he was saying I was a pain in the butt as a joke. And like on the last day, he's like, are you kidding me? I've been saying your name wrong for these many years. I said, yeah. I am so, so calling you Dr. Myalgia from here on out. I'm sorry, Dr. And Tammy. pain in the butt. That is awesome. All right. Uh, Tammy is a friend and she's a double board certified doctor in cosmetic and naturopathic and integrative medicine, a lecturer, a teacher. Uh, she gave one of the keynotes at the Bulletproof Conference last year. She's a regular keynote speaker at the American Academy of Anti-Aging Medicine, which, as a little bit of trivia, I met my wife, Dr. Lana, there about 2004, about a dozen years ago. We met at the A4M Conference in Vegas. I didn't know that. Yeah, totally. Dr. Tammy is also founder of the Vitality Med, Medispa. Medspa? How do you say that? Is there a sound in there? Yeah, we, we work on people's insides to make them feel great. And then we use procedures and products that work in harmony with your body to also make you look good. Because they're linked. So what's the difference between a med spa and a medispa? Mm, nothing. I have never been able to figure that out either. So <laughs> I, I hear people say both. I, I don't know. I, I always figure they're the same. Okay, yeah. cool. Okay, but here's the other cool thing. Aside from the Medispa side of things, I just found out as we were sitting down, and if you're watching on YouTube, you'd already noticed that we're live on the set at Bulletproof Labs here on Vancouver Island because Tammy's from Seattle, so she caught the, the clipper over here. And Tammy, are you looking, uh, you're not looking green at all. Even oh my though... gosh, I lost my lunch. <laughs> <laughs> so it was a rough you ride over. if I had lunch. I said, no, I lost it. <laughs> uh, apparently there was some rough weather on the ocean. So Tammy, yeah, you're... So if I'm looking a little peaked, it's not yeah. because, uh, but you know, the bulletproof coffee you gave me revived me. Yeah, we, we definitely gave you a little while to, to settle in because yeah. it, it's not good to get seasick on the way into an interview, but no. you're doing great. But I, I found out, aside from the fact that Dr. Tammy, uh, Dr. Myalgia, uh, Dr. Myalgia lost her lunch. <laughs> okay, did you name either of your children Fibro? Oh, no. Fibro, Myalgia? I'm sorry. Awful. Bad jokes. Terrible. By the way, uh, I my daughter's name is Anna, and Lana would not allow me to give her the middle name Conda because that would have been so cool. Like all the good Anna, Anna Log, no, Anna Perna, no, like just, it, she wouldn't give none of the good Shot stuff. Down. So I tried. Yeah, I bet you did. <laughs> so, uh, let's see where was I going? So you opened a stem cell clinic in Seattle. I did. One of the most exciting things, you know, I kind of like to do a big thing every year. And last year was my book, The Hormone Secret. And this year it's the stem cell clinic, but I've been thinking and planning and training and working other places. And before I finally decided to do my own and I'm part of a national clinical trial. So it is available for patients from all over. My, one of my first patients was uh, actually flew in from Taiwan. Wow. Yeah. And it's just transformational. Unbelievable. It's like Star Trek medicine. It, it is a whole new level. I, people who follow me on Facebook, and if you're listening to this and you don't follow the, the Dave Asprey public profile page on Facebook, you're missing out because I live streamed, uh, like I Facebook lived my stem cell procedure. So I'm literally answering and questions I, from people and, and you can like painting? see... Uh, no, I didn't faint in this one. Oh. Uh, I fainted in the first one. 
uh, I should have had that, that nitrous oxide, but, uh, they're literally like jamming one of those big lipo needles into my back. Cause they do liposuction without the vacuum just to get enough fat out to pull stem cells. 50 cc's usually. Yeah. yeah like, not like much. Just a little bit. And, uh, that said that it was, it was amazing to be like, like holding the camera up and like seeing this needle going and I'm like, ah, and, and people are like turning green on Facebook. But anyway, like a few hundred thousand people saw my butt and I actually like walked through the procedure, which was really neat. Oh, very cool. And so, yeah, they are transformational because I've had them done and it's cool now that there's a clinic up in Seattle. I, I didn't know about that. Yeah. Yeah. We have people fly from all over. It's a three hour procedure and people can go right home. It's no downtime. It's amazing. There's only three criteria that you're not allowed into our clinical trial and that's active cancer, mm-hmm. a dental infection. Those bugs in our mouths are much worse than we know about. Um, and the other is pregnancy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, how do you know if someone has a dental infection if they're going to go and fix themselves? Oh, so like you have to have like a big abscess and like a swollen yeah. face kind of yeah. thing? Yeah. Dental infections hurt. Okay, got it. Pretty quick. What about cavitations? I, I, I've looked at those for 20 years where you get these like smoldering infections under usually a root canal that right. affect you really dramatically on a, on a nervous system level or an organ level. Uh, do those affect stem cells? Not that we've seen. And we have over 5,000 cases that okay. we've followed. So it's kind of cool to have all that data. So, so can anyone go to your stem cell clinic and just get stem cells just inserted wherever the heck they want? Or is it just clinical trials right now? No, they can go and do it wherever we want. I just can't tell you the statistical data because we're only following about six procedures. Okay. You're allowed to do it. Um, but if somebody says, okay, what's your success rate for knee osteoarthritis? I can't say, well, it's part of our clinical trial, but yeah. I can, cause it is. But okay. if you say, oh, what's, what's your success rate for improving eyesight? Don't know, Don't but know. we can do it, but I can't say what the success rate is because okay. it's not part of our database. I hear you. And there's so much regulation in the food industry. You're not allowed to say food does anything at all. It's illegal. Like other than food goes into the body, like you're always taking risk there. And in medicine, same thing. Yeah. We're not allowed yeah. to make any claims. We And and it's true. I mean, this is cutting edge medicine. Yeah. We do wh- know. Where else would you want to be? Like old school medicine? Oh yeah. We've known this for 50 <laughs> years. We just cut your leg off. Like. It, well, that's it's not our friend Daniel Aim, and he's yeah. like, "Can you believe we're still treating an organ without looking at it? Yeah, the brain." And I read Daniel Amen's very first book, and it completely changed my life because I got a spec scan, and he showed me that I had control of my brain. Like, it wasn't that I was weak or that I had a moral failing; it was that my brain was damaged. So I went and I fixed it. Yeah. And that that's the most important yeah. that a lot of this stuff is fixable. And I think that it's so cool that we have stem cells that isn't from embryonic, isn't from placenta. It's your own stem cells. Oh, yeah. We should and talk about that. Rejuvenation. There are people listening to this right now who are like right now enraged because they think that we're taking like abortion tissue and using it. This is my own fat coming yeah. out of my own fat ass. Although I will say the last doctors doing it they said i didn't have enough fat back there and i'm like as a former 300 pounder i i was like okay oh darn i'm, I'm like oh thin. say that louder Hold on, i'm recording anyway I, I felt i felt pretty good about that i was like wow I bet. that's awesome but but these are like your own and, and yeah all right turns out fat is an awesome reservoir and uh you can isolate and we actually count the number of living stem cells before we deploy them oh that's cool and so we actually have quantitative evidence that, you know, we, we're not allowed to deploy it unless we have a minimum of 10 million in our study. Can't you just grow them anyway? Well, there is, it's called cells on ice. 
kind of like Disney on ice, but different. <laughs> and we actually... Uh, why wouldn't it be called Frozen? I'm just thinking. Well, we... No, in Disney movies. Come on. It was a great joke. You didn't even laugh. Sorry, way over my head. Sorry. Yeah. Well, we... Because I get so excited. We actually, once we see that it's working, we can actually have you come back. We can expand your cells, duplicate them, and go yeah. freeze them. It is just the craziest thing. And, you know, we have the Seattle Stem Cell clinic in seattle and and anybody can call us or email us and you know if you had said the seattle stem cell clinic in fresno i was going to get really confused that's true (laughs) well there's some people who have online businesses that That, don't really that's a fair point it's like it's it's in thailand but it says it's in seattle i I hear you there oh that's actually an important question so there are things that you can't legally do in the u.s and there's all sorts of questions right now about the regulatory status, but there's hundreds of thousands of stem cell places popping up everywhere. And like the regulatory cat's out of the bag on that. They really can't undo that. But there's also people who fly to Germany or well, Thailand or Bahamas. Bahamas, where what do you do in Seattle and what do you do in the Bahamas? Like, why would you go out of the country? Like, do you get like alien stem cells? Not really, but like, like what, what's the difference? You know, it's hard for me to know. I know a lot about a lot of the groups that are out there. Uh, what our group is doing differently is that we're doing things with such scrutiny because we have to submit it to the government and mm-hmm. because we have this reproducible data. And so the safety protocol is there. You know, as cool. an MD, first do no harm. Sure. And so we can honestly say that there's the potential that a stem cell treatment might make somebody worse, but in over 5,000 treatments, it hasn't so far. And we know that because we've doing the exact same thing over and over and over and over and submitting it and analyzing it. We have an IRB number. So it's a really above the boards sort of safety thing. There was an article recently in the New York Times about someone who went to a stem cell clinic and had a big mass grow in his spine of like blood vessels and all sorts of gnarly stuff. You know, mm. there's a lot of, um, going on of amniotic and fetal derived. We've studied this mm-hmm. and um, those stem cells do go rogue. And uh, we chose just to do fat because of that. Plus it's easier. You know, everybody's got fat. What about bone marrow? <laughs> so bone marrow is good too. Uh, we decided to do fat. Not because it's better or worse. We had to just pick something, and it's a heck of a lot easier procedure. So my first time, and for the patient, yeah, my first time. So I've had two stem cell procedures, and I'll be going to a lot of detail with the people who did them at the Bulletproof Conference. So if if you're interested in like learning about hacking the human body, this is not hundreds of thousands of dollars. This is roughly starts about three thousand dollars if you have an injury and you want to not have knee replacement or hip replacement. Uh, or you have uh, problems Ours with your is a spine. It's a little bit more expensive I, because it's such I, a. But it's I, I was going. I was going to ask you, like, yeah, what is yours? Eighty nine hundred dollars. Okay. Uh, we do interest free financing for people okay. so that we can make it accessible. It, but we have a lot of expenses get, given it's a clinical it, trial. If it's if it's a clinical trial, and also you're. And it's not farm. It's not pharmaceutical funded. <laughs> yeah, and you can do uh, you can do banking as well. Yeah, right? and what, that's much yeah. less expensive. And, and that's what, about three thousand. Yeah, what I've found is like the very like like if you go to a, an affordable place and you're going to do one injection site without banking, like that's where it starts. Yeah. But generally, the numbers that I hear all over the place are from three to ten thousand yeah. dollars, and it also depends on the experience of the physician doing it. Yeah. And you're very experienced. Not a lot of people keynote at the American Academy of Anti-Aging Medicine, like that's very prestigious. And so... 
Well, I was a liposuction surgeon many years ago. Oh, so you're good at getting fat out too. Yeah. So that's part of it is that just getting the fat in a way that, you know, you want to get there's the fat has got layers to it and each layer of the fat has a different viability and a different sort of concentration. And so in our studies, which again, you know, I'm so biased because I love all this data, and mm-hmm. this, you know, data geek, the stuff at the surface. And so, you know, you, that's the stuff that can make people look like they have divots afterwards. Right. You don't know what you're doing. So that's why there's a lot of us who used to do liposuction because we know how to get this stuff out without making you look like mm-hmm. you got to hide afterwards. Now, now, when you do lipo for stem cells, you're taking out very differently than you would if you're just doing it for like, like sculpting. Like I didn't Absolutely. notice a reduction in like, well, I, such a small amount. I have like bumps. I think it's cause it's still healing from last one. Like it actually, it feels weird. But I didn't, like, not enough fat came out to be, like, a full reduction. And you use suction normally, but you don't use suction with this. Yeah, it's just a manual suction. And in liposuction, you're trying to liquefy the fat so Mm -hmm. that you can take large quantities out. So this is just, you know, a vacuum-assisted manual evacuation. and, And the fat's beautiful. (laughs) <laughs> oh, totally. It's just, well, have, there's videos of it. Like at the conference, yeah. we're going to do that. I got to plug the conference, September 23rd through 25th. I'm going to be there. Uh, yep. I was just going to, I was just going to say, I'm cool. So excited. Uh, you're going to be there. And uh, let's see, you'll be, uh, I actually don't I'm have a workshop. Yeah. You're doing a workshop. Cool. Yeah. We also have, if you're interested in stem cells uh, coming there, we have the other two people who have done procedures on me, uh, Harry Adelson from Utah and Krista Camella from Florida are going to come and talk about different things. So I've had stem cells done in all of my sites of injuries, my face, my hair, down there. And I've also had them injected into my brain. And every time I say brain like a zombie because it's cool, you know, like, like Frankenstein. Anyway, yeah. I did have stem yeah. cells in the brain. So you'll you'll learn a lot about this. And it's one of those things where it's accessible and it is cheaper than being in pain all the time. And it's cheaper than a lot of the other anti-aging therapies, frankly, that you could do. Well, and it's, it's cheaper than the medical expenses of, you know, so my husband Rocco, uh, we did his shoulder. He was told that he needed a shoulder replacement. Wow. That's kind of bad. That's a really bad joint to replace. It's then we're not very successful at doing it. It's kind of like a, well, we hope it works and we hope you have your full range of motion and we hope, but you know, it was this catch 22. He'd sleep on his back and he'd snore and I'd push him and then he'd sleep on his shoulder and it would hurt and he'd wake up and, he it was just this, and he couldn't play with the kids, and he works out, and he's a fireman, and it was really affecting his quality of life. And then, how do you take work off for a joint replacement? It's that's the expense. Just having nobody a, tells you about that. Yeah, just having a screw in my right knee after three knee surgeries by the time I was twenty three. I have a screw in there. Yeah. Oh my God. It, it's like, it's a bone pain. That's so intense. Yes. You're not going to be able to go back to work and be sane. And the, the stem cell procedure is next day. Yeah. You know, it's so, you know, it, it's the future of medicine. I am on board with that. And there's, there's many other uh, amplifying procedures that you can do along with it. Like, yeah. like, do you give signaling molecules along the with NO, it? The nitric oxide that we do. Yeah. And yeah, it's really great. So, Let's talk a little bit about that because nitric oxide is something that listeners, I, I've probably done a show on it by now, but it's pretty well known in athletic circles that, or in cardiac circles, you know, nitroglycerin gives you a little bit of We're diving. Yeah, diving. Uh, but the idea is when you get nitric oxide as a signaling molecule in the body, it causes better blood flow. So if you want to get 
vasodilation, like say for having happy time in the bedroom. Viagra. So, yeah, Viagra <laughs> or L-arginine, the amino acid, right? There, there's ways to increase this as well as eating beets or taking a, a beetroot supplements. You actually are giving people a nitric oxide supplements as part of stem cell recovery. So the stem cells will go where yeah. they're supposed to go. So like, what do you do there? People come to us and, you know, people can reach us at, you know, the Seattle stem cell clinic.net and we evaluate you because there's some things that we know are going to make your stem cells juicy. Like people who have really terrible vitamin D levels mm -hmm. don't have the best stem cells. And that's part, not part of our clinical trial. It's just me. I'm just wanting people to get the best outcome. Mm -hmm. So we do this analysis first, then you have your procedure. And then the things like the NO is so powerful. You just think about, you know, why would you want to go on a windy road with, you know, obstacles in the way, why wouldn't you want to go on a big, wide highway if you were a stem cell? And mm -hmm. that's basically what it's doing is creating this big, wide highway so that the stem cells can get to where they want to go. So to get the tiny capillaries to open up so they mm -hmm. can get through. And uh, it's, it's something that I, I think we're just exploring. If you get a tan, your vitamin D levels go up, but if you get light exposure, it changes the water in your cells. So the water actually will pull cells through microcapillaries by changing its structure. And I, it was cool to interview the guy who figured that out. Uh, Gerald Pollack was on Bulletproof Radio. Oh, wow. He's actually speaking also at the Bulletproof Conference <laughs> around how changing the structure of water and what they call the fourth phase of water or exclusions on water, uh, how that affects how your cells make energy and how you know, vegetable juice and how tree sap and why water sometimes goes through things that, that it shouldn't go through. Like how do our blood cells get through capillaries that are only 20% big enough for it to go through? Something sucks them through. It turns out this phase of water does that. Yeah. And this guy's very, very credentialed university of Washington, a head editor of water, the journal biochemical oh, yeah. journal. It's, it's like, that's cool. And so I suspect we're going to see a lot more being done with infrared light and red light and things like that in conjunction with stem cell procedures. And there's some people doing laser activation. Are you well, doing that? Yes. Okay. That's what I was going to say. We yeah, do this in um, cosmetic medicine yeah. all the yeah. time. And it's interesting that the red light is very powerful for your collagen and your elastin. And it has a lot to do with hydration and, and the building. And it actually promotes fibroblast activity mm -hmm. and the blood flow. It, it's amazing. Right. Now, here's a question for you. I haven't actually asked uh, Kristen this or uh, uh, or Harry. If red light's good for these things, what is blue light? Well, you know, we use blue light in mm -hmm. cosmetic medicine as well. Yeah. We use it to kill things. Yeah. So if you're exposing yourself to lots Wait. of blue light during a stem cell procedure, what's going to happen? Yeah. I, I believe that it's about time that doctor's offices got rid of LED lighting entirely. I have natural light in my clinic. <laughs> Beautiful. Would you use halogen or incandescent? Incandescent. There you go. And there's very few clinics who do that. And well, I own my building. There you go. So I'm in control. And we have a boatload of windows. It's critically important to do that. And I believe even more so with stem cells. Imagine this. You're pulling stem cells out. You hold them up in a vial. And you look at them. And you expose, <laughs> yeah, expose them to the light that... Yeah basically stops mitochondrial action. So we know that the red light helps and we know that blue light uh, actually stresses. Uh, it, in fact, we know it stresses the eyes. We know it stresses the brain and it stresses stem cells. It's a treatment for cells. acne. Yeah. We, it kills the bacteria. Yeah, it does. And it, and it creates the opposite of structured water. Yeah. It, it, so 
I don't like it when I go into a stem cell clinic and they have LED lights around because I think it's going to affect the procedure. I don't know how much. Like, someone do but some data risk? on that. Like, yeah, it's plus, a big deal. It's, it's a one time deal. Uh, what do you want to lay on your back and <laughs> stare at some nasty LED lighting that's making your brain tired? And, yeah. and I can, I, those pathways, they're in my new book. Like, we know exactly how that works. Yeah. We know we've got Himalayan salt lamps in cool. the room. And yeah. Oh, so you run a hippie clinic. I didn't know that. Yeah. But... <laughs> Tell me about Himalayan salt lamps. I have, there's one right over there, by the way. So yeah, yeah. I'm just making fun of myself. I don't know about the claims, but you know what? I'm mm-hmm. not, I, I'm going to do everything I can with the science that I know how to mm-hmm. do. If it's not going to harm it. I have seen people say, oh, these salt lamps like make ions. I can't find any science about that. Allergies. I can't find any science about it either. Yeah. I heard if you just meditate in front of one that you can like grow a third eye. But but people make up all sorts of weird stuff. And some of it, who knows, maybe that someone experienced some sort of cool thing. I will say that I like the light that comes out of my And it's that light that's easy on the eyes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know. It's it's, very gentle. Yeah. Uh, Plus, when my kids are younger, they like to lick it. Because it tastes like salt, so it, like, it was like a salt lake for my kids. When my kids know. were little, that was their night light. Yeah, yeah. Because they didn't want the plug-in lights. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. Yeah. So. Who who would have thought? So it, people doing stem cell injections of Himalayan lamps. So are you a biohacker or are you just you know, <laughs> are you just special? I'm an odd uh, MD. I know. Well, it, it's it's actually the right kind of MD to be. Now. Speaking of types of MDs, we didn't really talk about your other little thing you do. This, you're a national best-selling author of The Hormone Secret, and you talk about depleted testosterone levels, balancing hormones, losing weight, and you have a new audio version that came out. And now, it's coming about in paperback. Oh, cool. Yeah, so Simon & Schuster is the publisher, and it'll be coming out in December. In December? And yes. The Hormone The Hormone cure. Secret. Oh, sorry. Ugh. You know... This drives me nuts. So I, I'm just going to have to say this. So Sarah Gottfried's a good friend. Yeah. Right. And she wrote I, The Hormone we, Cure. You go, and you guys, we hang out at the same conferences, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. And you guys have similar names. And it's the same thing with the bone broth diet, right? Yeah, like, like Killian has yeah. the bone broth something. And the other one is the bone broth something else. And I, I do not keep them straight. So. Well, the, and people always ask, what's the difference? So Sarah's a fantastic, brilliant physician mm-hmm. and an amazing author. And she has a great overview. Mm-hmm. And uh, and she talks a tiny, tiny bit about testosterone. I talk a little bit about the overview and how all the hormones are a symphony and they need to work together. Mm-hmm. But I think that testosterone is the un- unsung hero and nobody's talking about it. And there's a boatload of evidence. And so that's what my book, The Hormone Secret is because it's a secret because nobody's been talking about it. I like testosterone. So one of the things I talked about a few years ago on the podcast that I had had some people kind of going, you're not supposed to say that, but was that I used to use topical testosterone. I, I, I went off testosterone about four years ago for a couple of years, actually for about three years. And about a few months ago, my levels were down again. I'm 43. So I started supplementing again, just to keep my levels where I want them, not yeah, the, well, the crazy ones. You do ones. a lot of travel and your adrenals yeah. go up and down. Sure. And- and I, I've, I consider using any hormone to be like exactly the right thing to do if that's where you want your biology to be. So I'm really open about that stuff. And when I used to use the cream, though, uh, a doctor in the Bay Area told me, well, just try putting a little bit on the labia and watch what happens. And when I first told you about that, you had a great name for this. Tell scream me about cream. That's right. You heard it here. Scream cream. What happens when a woman gets a tiny, tiny dose of testosterone topically in 
down there, to use the medical term for the vagina. Well, you know, it's uh, increased sensitivity. And so the sexual experience is heightened in almost every way. So increased sensitivity, increase in climax, increase in duration, increase in frequency, increase in ease of getting a climax. So it's, it's called scream cream for a reason. Why the massive vasodilation? That means blood flow if you're not into medical terminology. So like there's a certain amount of blood flow that happens and then there's the scream cream version and you're like, well, and didn't know it was possible. Cream from a prescription perspective perspective has testosterone in it, but it also has some vasodilators. Oh, you put some, so, okay. I noticed the vasodilation with just my plain testosterone and, and lipopen so 10%. Well. But okay. So, Absolutely. so yeah, no, there's a, there's like, you're doing some naughty oh, things in there then. Yeah. I see how the, <laughs> we really I, want to get it done. Right. I didn't know you rolled that way. Okay. So that's yeah, you cheating. Combine that with some intranasal oxytocin and you know, there's your honeymoon when you're married 20 years. You know, I've been talking recently about uh, oxytocin. I had my levels tested. I was, moderately low and I tried uh, lozenges and I didn't really notice any effect from uh, oxytocin lozenges. Uh, in fact, because you're swallowing it. I don't care what anybody says about those buccal lozenges. I sucked on it for a while. And like, yeah, it's supposed to do, go through the mucous membranes, but it's going in the gut and the liver is looking at it and going, eh. I tend to think that was what happened. And I, in fact, am I... Oh, that isn't announced. I, I have one of the rock stars of oxytocin as a surprise speaker at the Bulletproof Conference. Oh, uh-huh, I think. Is you it probably. Women? I know. It's a man. Uh-huh. Oh. Oh. Mm-hmm, no. That one. And the I have, flamboyant one? Uh, he's pretty darn flamboyant. Uh, and then. Uh, With his outfits? No, not that one. Oh, this guy will hug the crap out of you. Oh, you probably okay. know what I'm talking about. Oh, yeah, yeah, I do. And then uh, there's another uh, uh, top expert who will come. Uh, who is, uh, we haven't announced that yet, but yep. Uh, another one has written multiple books about it. So oxytocin is another one of those hormones. It's hard to take. I haven't tried intranasal, but I think I might know someone who can, you know, hook me up. Uh, and, uh, <laughs> yes, <laughs> I might know her too. Yeah, exactly. And it, it's, I know some people who've actually injected it. Uh, these, I hang out with doctors, same as you do. Like yeah. you guys do all sorts of weird stuff. You don't tell people about and what would happen if someone uses this? This is different than oxycodone, which is like flat out, very addictive, yeah, like yeah, yeah. bad no. stuff. What happens when you get a little bit of oxytocin? Oxytocin is natural. So it's a hormone we all have anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's your connect, feel good, scrumptious hormone. And there's a, there's a really famous anti-aging physician, you know, like a third generation, uh, interventional endocrinologist, Dr. Herzog from Belgium. Mm-hmm. The Herzog sign is his grandfather's and it's in all of our medical test book, textbooks. And it's when the lateral two thirds of your eyebrows mm-hmm. are thinning, that means your thyroid is in trouble. Oh, like you, you guys see that? That happened to me when I was like a teenager. And by the way, if you're on uh, in your car or at work and you didn't see that because you're listening to the audio, uh, I've had this pretty much my entire adult life. I've had thinning of the outer parts of my eyebrow. And it it's like doesn't respond to anything. It, 
Well, and it could be now that that's just the way it is. But I, when you yeah. catch it early on, it, it's off more often than not a sign of hypothyroidism. I, I had Hashimoto's hypothyroidism, and I got rid of Hashimoto's. I have no antibodies to it, and I'm down about to a third of the thyroid hormone I used to take, but I okay. still take thyroid yeah. because, well, I, I guess this has happened since I was probably a teenager. I've had thyroid issues. I got rid of them when I was 30, but I'm 43 now, and I still don't have my eyebrows back. Yeah. You think yeah. I should get some tattooed up there? Like, Red Put ones. Latisse on it. All right. <laughs> well, let's just go straight for the anti-aging stuff. Latisse is designed for women to grow longer eyelashes. But do you know it wasn't discovered? to? It wasn't created for that. What was it created for? It's a glaucoma medication. Oh, how funny. And so then they were like, Grandpa, your eyelashes are so long. <laughs> and so this big old pharmaceutical company called Allergan is like, hmm... So then they tested it, and yeah, you in our clinic we actually give it away to um, patients who've undergone chemotherapy. That stuff is expensive. It's yeah. like three hundred bucks a box. Yeah, but when you've gone to when you it's have huge. no eyebrows and no eyelashes, um, it it's interesting. I'm actually an investor in a company called Thrive Cosmeceuticals. And Thrive gives away uh, a, a thing of makeup to every to a cancer victim, woman with cancer, uh, for everyone that's purchased. And the founder of Thrive used to work for me. Um, she was uh, at Bulletproof and uh, decided to go do that, like with my full support, because of that same thing. Like it, it's so it, it's so uh, different. Like when when you're like, okay, I don't have my hair, and as a woman, especially, like it changes yeah, things. Yeah. So I love it that you give that away. Yeah. That, that's, that's really cool. So a lot of medicine comes sort of sideways. And, uh, and I think that's what, you know, to come full circle, I think that's what happened with testosterone for women yeah. is that, you know, we had this, we go in phases in medicine and we're thinking women aren't feeling well. Okay, well, let's give, they're having hot flashes and feeling terrible. Let's give them estrogen because they've had a hysterectomy. Well, that's not balancing the mm -hmm. symphony. Okay, well, let's give them estrogen and progesterone. Well, there's still so much not correct with leaving everything else out. And that's what happened in my own life. So I was a resident. I had a newborn baby and I was pregnant again. And then I I had my second baby and I was down to my original weight because I was working all the time. And I had looked at my hormones and I replaced my progesterone. Felt better, but still not the energy, still not the muscle and still not the, uh, you know, that sort of blubber that, that just covered, even though it was the same weight. And that made me look holistically at my own blood work. And I thought, Oh, I don't have any testosterone, none, mm -hmm. no free testosterone. Uh, what would happen if every new mother got screened for testosterone? It would be fantastic because that bounce back and, you know, we can reboot your adrenals to make it. You don't have to take testosterone when you're young and you, you, you know, there's so much we can do. I have so many patients who we measure their blood levels every three months and saliva and urine, their levels have tripled without taking testosterone just from dietary changes dietary yeah. you know fat's a big part of testosterone and and there are very specific things that the adrenal glands want in order to produce testosterone but you know what's really cool and i think you'll love this is that um lifestyle hacks mm -hmm. affect production of hormones 
Did you know there's a study out of Harvard? And Actually, Harvard. Yes, exactly. Standing in the Wonder Woman pose mm-hmm. for two to three minutes increases your testosterone. Yeah, the power poses. Yes. Yeah. Cool. That is so cool. I, I do the Wonder Woman pose. I actually I have the whole Wonder Woman outfit to go with it, and I, I just I think I'm going to wear that to the bulletproof. Here's <laughs> <laughs> my cape flying down the hall. That'd be awesome. <laughs> I know. Totally. I'm going to. We'll rig up some wires for you so you can like fly. Oh, in. that'd be awesome. Uh, by the way, have you seen the trailers for the new Wonder Woman movie? No. So there's a new one, and they've they've like she's like pretty strong in in terms of just like flying around, basically kicking guys in the balls all the time. And there's a scene that made a, a lot of my team laugh because she's from the Amazon or somewhere in this movie, and you know, and, and she she come, comes in, and he, the guy who brought, brings her to New York says, uh, "This is my secretary," and she goes, "What is a secretary?" And 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 the secretary says, "Oh, it's when you know he tells he basically tells me where to go and tells me what to do." And Wonder Woman looks at her and goes. We have a word for that where I'm from. It is called a slave. <laughs> I love but it. Anyway, oh I, I thought that was kind of funny. And, of that course, the secretary is like, I like her. You should keep her. Uh, but Absolutely. So there you go. You can get the new, like, Wonder there Woman. You go, like, you're going to need a little bit more testosterone to get that look, though. Because yeah, I think sorry. it's, like, the most buff super, or Wonder Woman. Well, and that's the thing. A lot of women are afraid of testosterone. But yeah. we're not talking about it, it getting do you to that buff yeah. level. We're talking about replacing what you've lost to go back to that energetic self. I find my patients tell me I'm a shadow of who I used to be. I'm not yeah. sick, but I'm not feeling myself. And it is testosterone. So I want to create a hormone revolution with mm-hmm. this book. I want to wake women up to say, you know what? Your 40s, your 50s, and your 60s can be the most energetic, the most strong, the most amazing, engaged, connected time of your life. Uh- I think that you're onto something there. The I've never met a woman who went on testosterone who wasn't grateful for it. Not once. So I oh I couldn't handle it. It's and none of them had goatees. Uh, None of them were like walking around like like tons of. It's not that. And there's a little bit of muscle, but yeah, not like huge. There's this whole stigma, and it comes from this ridiculous puritanical thing because the U.S. was founded by these Puritans who were sort of anti. I don't even know what they were anti, but like anti-strength. Who knows what they were against? Uh, but there's there's this idea, sort of, that like you have to suffer, like suffering makes you good. And then we had the '70s where people injected synthetic chemicals that were derivatives of natural steroids, natural things, and then they got liver cancer and they went on roid rage and all this kind of stuff, which was overblown by the media anyway. So where we end up today is people are like, oh, testosterone, either that's it's cheating bad. or it's bad, and like it's just that's done. Your body makes testosterone, like for a reason. Yeah, it's there. Well, and you know, Dr. Daniel Amen wrote the foreword of of my book, and I was so grateful because he brought to light that the problem is is that our hormones are depleted at a much earlier stage. Mm-hmm. So I'm finding women who have testosterone and other hormone levels that I used to see in women in their fifties, yeah. in their thirties, mm-hmm. and so our twenty four seven lifestyle is draining our ability to keep up from a hormone perspective. And there is no borrowing from tomorrow. You are going to be hormonally bankrupt. And that's why, you know, we started seeing patients via Skype and phone because there were so few people to help people. So we just offer phone 
appointments for coaching and, and helping yeah. people find out what is going on and bringing to light, you can't leave out testosterone. It's, uh, it, it's really interesting because the, the quality of life that happens when you get in, in women, you know, thickening of certain tissues where you wanted to have thickening and just the, the zest for life and frankly, sex drive. If you're dealing with uh, young children, it, it's very common. You're exhausted. How many people have relationship problems because of that? Well, and, and you know, it's a double-edged yeah. sword. I think that a lot of women, um, their libido is actually lower on their list because they're exhausted. Mm-hmm. But their libido is, the reason it's low is because they're exhausted. And so testosterone fixes both. It, yeah. The first thing that happens is you get your energy back. I remember And then that. you might as well just, you know, now you're more interested yeah. anyways because you're not exhausted. When my testosterone was really low, and I, I'm trying to remember, I have to look at tests from like 15 years ago. But yeah, I had no energy at all. Yeah. And my thyroid was low too. So I went on thyroid and testosterone. I'm like, oh my God, I got my life back. And I'm like, no, I want to get some. Right. <laughs> Uh, it, it kind of goes in that order. You're not like, oh, I'm really tired, but I still want to get some. You've got to fix the energy. Yeah. And here's something that you you might know this, uh, but it, it's almost unknown, uh, is that energy is where this comes from. Because I'm writing a book about mitochondria, I've read like thousands of weird medical papers on stuff that happens because that's how you synthesize the the, the knowledge and the story. The synthesis of pregnenolone happens in the mitochondria. And pregnenolone's it. So yeah. to walk, walk people through where pregnenolone, what, what does it become? Oh, it, it, we give people pregnenolone just so that they can make their own testosterone sometimes. It's, exactly. It's, it. it's just, you can look it, at the biochemical pathway. I actually have it laminated mm-hmm. and I show patients. Exactly. <laughs> it's like, see? So so here's what's missing from your chart, unless you have the only chart like it in the world, is that before pregnenolone is mitochondrial function. So if you cannot make energy in your cells, you will not make pregnenolone. And then you will not have all these other hormones. And if those hormones are at too low levels, they cause your mitochondria to become misshapen. So then you have misshapen mitochondria that can't make energy very well, so you can't make pregnenolone. Well, that so, makes sense, because the mitochondria is the factory. They're the factory, and they respond to hormones. Right. If you have, especially thyroid, right, your mitochondria don't work right, so then you don't have enough energy. So it's actually not just a hormone cascade. It's an energy cascade that influences hormones. That's why it makes so much sense that yeah. your energy goes up first when you reboot your testosterone yeah. naturally. Uh-huh. Yeah. And... Who would have thought, right? They don't teach that. And that's... They don't teach it in medical school because I graduated at the top. Yeah. <laughs> top well, 2% of the licensing yeah. exam in the United States. And I didn't know any of this. I had to do yeah. a whole fellowship. That study was from 2014. Like, I've been hacking my mitochondria since 1996. I'm like, I don't have enough energy. Like, when I really started spending these hundreds of thousands of dollars, like, I'm tired all the time. And I, in fact, I felt like my mitochondria had been poisoned. They had. It was toxic mold. But I, I went through, like, everything that you could possibly do to make your mitochondria work better. I'm like, I'll do all of it. And, and it turns out I did not know, and they did not know the quantum biology things we know now that mitochondria are superconductive. The mitochondria, the way they make electrons wasn't fully elucidated. And the fact that they change shape the way they do in response to hormones wasn't known. And like some of this is even after I started this show. So like, I can't believe the rate of change here. But for your patients, that's why you give them testosterone and it changes their energy production which then, like I said, reboots or kickstarts the energy. And I'm blown away by how effective it is 
uh, because you feel it in your brain first. Right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And for women, it's interesting. It's not just that sharpness, the brain fog goes away and your ability to multitask returns or, or our, our thought that we can, can multitask, yeah. but it's confidence. Mm-hmm. You know, it's interesting that women get older and older and older. They get more sort of sensitive to, you know, they're doing things for other people. They're second guessing themselves and they, mm-hmm. they perceive that as wisdom. And yes, it's good to become more sensitive and more aware and more accommodating, but it's, but there's a fine line between that being the way it is and se- second guessing yourself because you have no more confidence or not enough confidence. And that's what's crazy. So the brain that- fog makes you second guess yourself. Yes. Yeah. You think to yourself, when I was in my twenties, I would not be taking this long to make this decision mm-hmm. and thinking about the third and the fourth and the fifth and the sixth possible outcome. I would yeah. make a decision. In fact, uh, the idea of mommy brain is is well known, right? And you you have children. And Lana, my wife, you know, a physician, she's smarter than I am, frankly. Uh, and I, I don't just say that; like I, I know her numbers. She's, like, she's pretty smart, <laughs> <laughs> and she doesn't like it when she's I say that. Friend. But uh, when she, when, especially the first couple of years after both kids, like she couldn't really remember anything. It was like her brain was just not on. Yeah. And some of that is probably hormonal. And we address that stuff as well. And some of it is, is this energy thing you're talking about, but without the hormones, it's, it, I, in fact, I remember the frustration really clearly. Our kids are you know, uh, seven and nine now. So it, it's, it's less, it's less of an issue, but the first couple of years, she was really frustrated because what was easy to do mentally. Like she'd never had a calendar. Like she remembers all that stuff. And now she has a calendar and things like that. We're, we're kind of like, like admitting weakness or, or something like that in a way that she'd never had before. Yeah, absolutely. What what do you see in your patients? What do you see in yourself when you, when you do testosterone or thyroid or whatever, whatever they need? Like how quickly does that change? Oh, sometimes in less than a week. That that was my experience. When I got testosterone and thyroid, I was like, Holy crap. Like but this sometimes to depending on, you know, uh-huh. you can't take someone from here to optimal overnight. Mm-hmm. So sometimes it's, you know, three months is how long the cells live. Yeah. So sometimes you need at least yeah. one cellular turnover. So it's a three to six month. And I always tell people, if you're going to bother trying to reboot your biology by changing your nutrition or implementing a supplement program, don't waste your time, energy or money unless you're going to do it for at least three months. Yeah. Because you need information for these new guys and let the old guys die. <laughs> right. So sometimes it's three to six months. It makes sense. In fact, uh, what's the half-life of, of blood cells? It's something like, like four months, if I remember right. Yeah, it's so crazy. In medical school, you learn all this information and everybody remembers the lifespan of a red blood cell. Yeah, I don't know why. It's like 163 days. It, it, it's, it's good. Get, get a blood test about every that but that, but that often. Yeah, and that's what right. your hemoglobin yeah. A1C. The diabetics yeah. know this because mm-hmm. that... Hemoglobin A1C is your red blood cell and how much sugar has been shoved onto it. And it lives for about three, three months. So mm-hmm. it's a picture of your sugar control for about three months. Right. So the diabetics know that. So basically if you're going to go in for your uh, medical insurance, like life insurance thing, like just be good for three months before your test. You'll be fine. Exactly. Right? Yeah. <laughs> now I have two more questions for you that I, I, I promised I'd get in. One of them is like a personal biohack. Like I, I want to get your opinion on something. Uh, the other one is about the last time you were on the show. 
Uh, one of our listeners commented and said that you spoke about adrenal health and coffee a little too close together. So tell me about coffee. Like, like we both tend to think it's a superfood yeah. and like, let's talk adrenal health and coffee because there's, there's stuff about it that, you know, yes, you know, coffee without good fat in it is terrible for the adrenals. I tend to agree, although it's not neutral. I like it. It's not <laughs> neutral. Coffee. It's like saying to your adrenal mm-hmm. glands and slapping them across the face to okay. wake them up. Is this true for people who are healthy? You're saying no one should no. drink black coffee? No, this is people who have real yeah. severe okay. adrenal right. fatigue. I, which I did have, right? They wake up feeling like they have lead sewn into their skin, mm-hmm. more tired than when they went to yeah. bed. And But the butter in the coffee actually does blunt that slap. Mm -hmm. And so it can give you enough of a boost to get through your day without abusing your adrenals. Uh, Thank you for saying that. There's, there are a group of physicians who say, oh, your adrenals are bad. Don't do coffee. Here's the thing. As a person who had adrenal fatigue, like really bad adrenal fatigue in Silicon Valley, doing hundreds of millions of dollars worth of deals, putting food on my family's table, you know what? You want me to go without coffee? Like, there's one thing I could tell you. Kiss my ass, right? It, <laughs> and everybody avoid you. <laughs> well, it's like, it doesn't work. You've got, you feel like crap all the time. Yeah. You're really tired. Yeah. Abusing coffee, drinking coffee every two hours like I used to do because I didn't understand why I was crashing all the time from it. Well, and it, that's another good point. It, that's harmful. Right? That's another good point. It's, there's coffee and then there's the American version of five gallons all day long yeah. in substitution of feeding your cells. Yep. So it's not a black and white question, but adrenals who are severely fatigued do not like plain coffee without a buffer. And the good fat is a buffer. Mm -hmm. And that's actually in my book. You are in my book. We talk about this in The Hormone Secret. I haven't even, yeah, Yeah. but thank you. Yes, I interviewed you and you're in my book. I remember the interview, but I didn't know it was written in there. So thank you. you (laughs) here's, Here's the thing, like personally, I went without coffee for five years. I'm like, oh, I'll fix my adrenals. And because I kept feeling really jittery and weird when I drink coffee, which is the mold thing why I make special coffee beans that don't have these jitter things in them. Uh, and by the way, those mold toxins are associated in a study with uh, adrenal auto, autoimmunity towards the adrenal cortex in they one also study. They screw up your hormone production. Like these are the mold toxins? The mold. Oh, there's xenoestrogens, right? I get people to test their house when I can't yeah. increase their... Hormones. It, I'm like, it's this critical. must be mold. They're like, you know, I don't have mold. I said, you yes, you do. Prove it to me. <laughs> Go take these petri so, dishes and put them in your house. Well, that, that's why the documentary is so important because the the mold will trigger uh, Hashimoto's. Yeah. It'll trigger it's so sneaky. hypothalamic autoimmunity, and that's annoying because in in the the chain of things, your hypothalamus controls the pituitary gland. The pituitary gland controls hormone excretion. So because I'm including from the adrenals. Yeah. Because I lived in a moldy house, I, let's see, adrenal dysfunction, thyroid dysfunction, my FSH, which is another sex hormone, uh, my, did I ever say thyroid, uh, my LH, luteinizing hormone were off, my testosterone was off, my estrogen was too high, all of that stuff. Cortisol, cortisone, yeah, right. your ratio of inflammatory adrenal production oh. hormones to... And some yeah. neurotransmitters, my, uh, my epinephrine to norepinephrine ratio was 47 
So, so that was like a, that was like a mic drop look. If you are not watching on YouTube, she just gave me this look of like, "Are you insane?" Yeah, they saw the results. They're like, "Jesus, man!" Like, what have you been doing? Oh, you live in, in a house with black mold, and you eat the wrong foods because you're trying to lose weight and you can't. And like, this is what happens. And that's why I'm really passionate about what I do. Is there was no excuse for any of that to happen. It was simply that well, the, the system I, didn't work to take care of it. No, and I love your coffee for that reason. I know this isn't a plug about your coffee, and I don't need to plug your coffee. You don't need me. But the two most common causes of mold toxicity in my experience, and you have more experience in mold than I do, is peanuts and coffee. <laughs> I said never eat peanuts and be really selective on the coffee. So we're yeah. in agreement. Well, and, and look yeah. at the studies. And, and you just kind of yeah. go, okay, what is what is mold like? Warm moist environments. What do they do with coffee beans? They put them in piles and they literally steam. Yep. Well, <laughs> and they if, just sit there. If, if they steamed with steam temperatures, I'd be happy. But they just let them sit there and rot, basically. For long periods yeah. of time. Yeah. yeah. Same with peanuts. And it it's it blows me away that, uh, that the knowledge is there, but there aren't laws. There are for peanuts. But for coffee in the U.S., there's no regulations at all about this, which is why, like, if it gets rejected from Japan or Europe, it literally gets sent to the US and we drink it. And what happens when people who are not as, as mold sensitive as, as I was, or just as sick as I was, they drink it, they just like get a sugar craving and they get a little cranky. Right. For, for me, I'm like, I need to go take a nap now. Like that just ruined my day. And I, I feel it like, it, and, yeah, it, it turns off my brain. So I became like really religious about it. But even before I discovered this stuff, when I was dealing with mold toxicity, one cup of coffee with fat in the morning when my adrenals weren't working would give me enough energy to feel good. And this has to do with what caffeine in low doses does to cyclic amp, right? Do you want to talk through that? Are you familiar with that? Oh, cyclic amp? Oh, yeah. yeah. That's the whole Krebs cycle and the whole entire production of energy right. is required. I love that you have um, a protein that you put in your coffee as well, because that's the only other thing Especially that I women. love for people who have adrenal fatigue yeah. is to get that protein in the morning. And so many people don't want to eat in the morning. They just want to have their, you know, their cup of coffee. And I said, fine, put your protein in your coffee. It's, you got to get it in. So yeah. you've got all of that. But the cyclic AMP is part of the Krebs cycle. You can't have energy for the day without that whole cycle. The, the bulletproof collagen protein works really, really well because you can't taste it. Whey protein doesn't work very well because it gets heated up and, it, and it's more sensitive. The molecules in it are more sensitive to the blending. So I, I, I notice especially women like that a lot. And there are people who just want to eat breakfast. Like eggs are good for you. That's fine if you're not sensitive to them. But for the rest of us, or if you're in a hurry, or like my kids drink Bulletproof Coffee with collagen in it. It's not the only thing they drink, but they get about one or two ounces every morning. And with the oil, the brain octane, they actually focus better. They feel better. Like they, they're calmer. And I'm okay with that. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, just, just to go full circle on that, treating an adrenal dysfunction patient in such a way that they they don't get their life back because they're tired all the time because you're preventing them from having something that increases their ability to convert wasted energy back into energy is uh, it's not okay and that's what this cyclic amp does 
uh, in, in the Krebs cycle and caffeine has this effect. Yeah. Right. So thus the cyclic. <laughs> yeah. It's cyclic. And so what happens in people who have mold, people who have thyroid dysfunction or anyone who has mitochondrial dysfunction, which by the way, 48% of people, according to some of the research I have, have early onset mitochondrial dysfunction and anyone over 50 has mitochondrial dysfunction. They call it aging. Like it just happens. And if you talk to Terry Walls, she believes every autoimmune condition on the planet has mm-hmm. mitochondrial dysfunction. So do I. And I agree. There, there's one in the same. If it's autoimmune, it's mitochondrial. Your body is basically a, a bunch of bacteria. These bacteria are called, um, let's see, these bacteria are called mitochondria. Like they're actually sourced from mitochondria. These mitochondria came from bacteria hundreds and hundreds of years ago and they stuck into our cells. That's how we make energy from the world around us. And they haven't changed that much. No. And guess what's been fighting bacteria since way back then? Fungus. There's always a fight between fungus and bacteria. That's where antibiotics come from. So we've been poisoning ourselves all this time. And people who have this dysfunction, some of the electrons, some of the energy that's supposed to go into your brain, into your cells, into making sex hormones, it basically leaks out. It's supposed to go from ATP to ADP and then back to ATP. And if you're into biochemistry, that's cool. If not, it basically, you use ATP and when it's used, it doesn't have a T anymore. And then you have to put that thing back on there. And one of the problems that we can have is that it leaks out and it turns to AMP. And unless you have an enzyme that helps you make AMP go back into that cycle, it's like every time the motor in your car turns over, you spill a little bit of gas into a special tank that you carry around with you, but you can't burn it anymore. Guess what caffeine does in low doses? It helps you with that problem, right? And that's why I always felt better when I had one cup of coffee without mold in it, with fat in it, when I had extreme adrenal dysfunction. And I keep telling people, no, one is good. Five is not good. Two is probably not good. But it gives you your life back along the way. Like, like it, it's so mean to take someone who's just barely putting one foot in front of the other and say, no, no coffee for you either. Like here and, and have some chelation therapy for your mercury and just feel like a zombie and don't get fired and like be nice and to your kids. And do a little cleanse at the same time. Yeah. It's like, it's not nice. So anyway, I'm, I'm get, I'll get off my soapbox about that. But uh, like, this is one of mother nature's original smart drugs. Like, like coffee, coffee and me, we're friends. Yeah. Well, and it does, you know, I'm married to an Italian, so there's, there's coffee in our house that in the morning and that's where we came up with, okay, yeah, we're also going to do, we've got to put the protein in the coffee because you've yeah. got to, if you've got adrenal dysfunction, you've got to get that there with the good fat, protein and good fat. Those are the two things that your adrenals are wanting first thing in the morning to just kind of get a, a solid grip on the day. Have you ever tried, tried throwing like a couple ounces of just grass-fed beef liver in the blender with it? No. I don't. Don't try that. Have you tried it? No, just don't. It's okay. bad. No, it's it's bad. Bad. It sounds <laughs> revolting. I, 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 actually, I have a question for you. I know okay. it's your interview, but um, what do you think about the theory that cancer is actually a fungal or a mold Etiology that when you open any kind of tumor, it's white. There is astounding evidence that there is a fungal connection to cancer. I believe that some types of cancer are fungal infections flat out. You poke them and they grow more, 
right? In fact, the the sac fungus the biopsy. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, that's what happens. You, you poke a sac fungus and it spreads. There are types of cancer, especially brain cancer, that are fungal infections. And people who do microscopy and, and you know through medical school, it's very hard to tell a fungal cell from a human cell some of the time, right? Yeah, they're great imitators. That's why they're so good at. Uh, getting undetected mm -hmm. because this mimicry and yeah. so we don't see them very clearly our our cells are not catching them as foreign it, they're great at mimicking things and that's because they've been fighting against the bacteria that we're based on for a long time and there's there's a tit for tat thing the cool thing is if you have proper oxidative metabolism it means if your mitochondria are running at full power Cancer can't live in it. So is cancer a mitochondrial dysfunction or is it a fungal dysfunction? It's actually both. Some types of cancer, I believe, are flat-out fungal infections. Other times, the fungus damages the mitochondria, so they can't use oxygen effectively, so they go into anaerobic mode. So then you start getting mitochondrial dysfunction. And can, then it's an acidic environment, yeah. and cancer cells thrive so, there. And yeah, so Here's what I would do if I had any kind of cancer. Immediately... Like, do not pass go. I'd go into ketosis, like full on ketosis, just like I recommended the Bulletproof Diet. I'd be putting uh, anything I could that would raise ketones as much as I could. And that basically means you stop eating sugar. It's not that cancer, some kinds of cancer can't eat ketones. It's actually possible. At least candida can eat ketones, which can contribute to cancer. But that's going to make a huge difference because it, it radically improves your ability to make energy in mitochondria. So it shifts the ones that are about to turn to cancer back into non-cancer mode. Then I would be doing intravenous and rectal ozone therapy all the time because it changes the ratio of NAD plus to NADH in the mitochondria. And then I would be doing amphotericin B orally, which is a really horrible antifungal drug that's, that's famous for cooking your veins Except if you take it orally, it doesn't. It's very hard right. to get orally. So I'd be popping that stuff in fluconazole like candy, <laughs> right? And then I'd party because and I'd, and I'd get it. I'd be in the sun all the time because that's really important Vitamin too. Vitamin D, yeah. Uh, that would be my like my personal cancer thing. I'd be doing my hyperbaric oxygen every day and cryotherapy and whatever else I could figure out. But that would be the core of my protocol. Do I think all cancer is fungus? No. Do I think there's an undeniable link? Yeah. The guy who pioneered that the most, and I'm totally like lecturing, but this is like a hot topic for me. Uh, Doug Kaufman was in Moldy, the documentary that I filmed. Yeah. Uh, Doug's a friend, and he runs a website called Know the Cause. Mm -hmm. So if, if you're into cancer and uh, that's something that you're paying attention to, Doug's written books about it. The original book about this that, that really got me on my journey around understanding mold was by a guy who just died, uh, Avi Constantini, 17 years of research with the WHO, wrote a series of books called Fungal Bionics. And uh, when I first found out about this, you couldn't buy it in the US. So I, I called his daughter in Germany, and she sent me the books for like $500 for these three books. But it's thousands of references pointing out the connection between fungus and cancer. It is undeniable. Heart disease, diabetes, and cancer all have undeniable fungal connections mm -hmm. because the the fungus, the fungal toxins, I mean, the fungus themselves, they damage your mitochondria. When they get damaged, you get every disease we know. So, and I find in my, you know, my desire to get women to have the energy and the bodies that that they love and are happy and confident in, and the testosterone focus is directly correlated with. You know, when I am stuck, I go look for mold. It it is so common. Yeah. In fact, the original doctor who helped me figure this out didn't have the full mycotoxin connection down. But after he he, looked, he worked with me for a while, he said, Dave, 
like, I'm a functional medicine guy. We didn't call it functional medicine back then. He's like, my patients get better. He's like, I quit being an ENT surgeon at Johns Hopkins because like that didn't work. Like I know what works because I need to do an AIDS test on you. I do not know what's wrong with you, but you're not getting better. I was living in a moldy house and I didn't have AIDS. I no HIV or anything like that, but uh, he did find a, in a mold allergy panel that I was off the charts allergic to eight of the top 10 most toxic molds. Well, and that's an in- yeah. interesting thing. There are people who are actually more sensitive mm-hmm. to some of the toxins from molds. Yeah. And so they don't even have to live in a house. They can just work or visit mm-hmm. and they can have their sleep disrupted, their hormone production yeah. disrupted. So, you know, that's, those are the things that are in my book. These yeah. are all the of canaries. the things that I wanted people. I feel like there needs to be this awakening of like, A, you can be the CEO of your own health. If you have some great information and some guidance, and that's what our, our phone and Skype appointments are trying to provide some sure. guidance. And then finding these things, you know, mold and adrenals and nutrition and all of these things that can help reboot our own hormone production because it's possible. It is indeed, which leads to my second question. Okay, bring it on. Now, being formerly obese, I have man boobs. They're, Mm -hmm. you know, if you're watching on YouTube, like I'm pretty fit, right? Yeah. But when I get inflamed. So if I, if I fly for a long time and I, I don't take various supplements or sometimes I, I eat things or if I'm in a moldy environment, I still get inflammation. I can knock it down really fast with the stuff I know. And you're good at recognizing it oh, yeah. quickly. You we feel were it in at my brain. some, uh, I remember we were mm-hmm. at a outdoor retreat together yeah. and you're like, I gotta go get some part chuckle. Yeah. <laughs> Is it those cabins, it. remember? Yeah, yeah, the cabins were not good. I'd, yeah, sometimes. So, when you're flying or. Yeah, or like, like the next morning, like, I'll have men boobs. Like, like, the inflammation hits me right there a lot, which is, which is annoying. Like, I remember I met Marshall Goldsmith once, who's like a real famous business guy. It was at one of the moldiest hotels in San Diego I'd ever been in. And I, I was, oh, and I was on a dinner cruise as well. Like, on a, on those cruise ships are always moldy. And I was like, Oh my God, I, I could barely think straight. And in the pictures, I have like an A cup. Like, it's amazing. Like, these aren't very good pictures of Marshall Goldsmith. But most of the time, I don't have those. Oh, maybe a year ago, I decided I'm going to take some uh, pregnenolone, this, this hormone precursor, so my body can make more testosterone because my levels weren't quite where I wanted them. So I take it for about six months. And I developed like some kind of a, a nice round butt and, and my man boobs grew. So why is it that even though I exercise do all this stuff, why do I keep making estrogen out of all my hormone precursors? Why does my testosterone, even though I'm not obese anymore, why does my testosterone keep going to estrogen? Well, you're assuming that the enzyme that takes testosterone into estrogen is only in fat. It's obviously my liver. And you're not fat anymore, (laughs) so why is it still happening? Mm -hmm. It's not just in your fat. Damn it. I know. You should have picked your parents better. It's called aromatase. Yeah. This is what converts testosterone to estrogen. And sometimes, you know, we start with nutrition. There's simple things like rosemary. Mm-hmm. that can actually inhibit the aromatase activity. That's but sometimes we actually have to go all the way up to a prescription drug because estrogen in a man is bad news. It's it, not just cosmetically bad news. It's actually it's softly you. increased. You know, there's a, there's some early studies that go, hmm, this might be with a problem with prostate cancer. It's not a testosterone yeah. thing. It's an estrogen thing. So, so what I what I used to do when I was in my, my late 20s and I took testosterone because my LH and FSH were, were, were off, 
I would take testosterone and then I would take a Remedex, which prevents... That's the prescription yeah, that I was talking about. Yeah, but, yeah. you know, you have to be careful. I use that at the end. So the studies, there's a great study out of um, a great urologist. So mm-hmm. a urologist is studying this stuff and then the study got buried. But the study showed that Arumidex actually, if you get prostate cancer, if you're taking or have taken Arumidex, it can be more aggressive type. So I hmm. leave it, especially if you're African-American. Yep. Interesting. So I leave it till the end because estrogen is far worse than this remote small increased risk. Mm-hmm. So you really want to know so much, but that's definitely the end yeah. solution. And I don't know anybody who doesn't have that work. <laughs> so, I mean, I, yeah, Arimidex definitely worked. So I, I started doing Arimidex. Did you do it but, like twice a week? Uh, yeah, I forget the dose. Uh, the it can make you a little bit dizzy, but it's, it, it seems like it's worth doing. I used to do it all like, like for years and I quit, I quit using Arimidex a long time ago because I, I didn't have much aromatization. Some of the other bulletproof techniques I've written about for preventing that, uh, were definitely working, but they weren't working when I was taking pregnant alone. That's for sure. Cause I'm like, well, I got drunk in the trunk, you know, uh, like, like I, it was a, a very definite shift. And I, I noticed it at first, thanks to, um, a, a mutual friend of ours, a JJ Virgin. Mm-hmm. So one of my, one, oh, she does not hold anything back. Yeah. She tells you about your junk in your trunk. Yeah. Well, there's, there's more with thighs. Like, like, like one of my lifetime goals was to be fat shamed by JJ Virgin. And, and so we're sitting there at a conference once and JJ and I are dear friends and, and, and she looks at my leg. She goes, you have fat thighs. And she like grabs my thigh. I'm like, actually my thighs are fatter than they used to be like, what the hell? And so I looked at my hormone levels and like, okay, the pregnenolone's not working, but this is biohacking, right? It (laughs) is. And you know, there's an upside to pregnenolone Mm -hmm. and there's a downside because what pregnenolone is, is it's pouring at the top of the funnel Mm -hmm. and then all the dysfunction that you naturally have has more volume. So if you have a tendency to take your testosterone and make it into estrogen and you're taking pregnenolone, then you're going to go more that direction mm-hmm. it might be better just to take testosterone <laughs> yeah I, I think i am more angled in that direction now and it's it, it's fascinating because there are a bunch of guys listening to this who are going that was a really long winding explanation and what I, i'm saying there is if you're over probably 35 you might want to get yourself tested and if your testosterone levels are not where you want them and things like eating right and doing the right kind of exercise don't work, if you want to live to 180, like my goal, you might consider using testosterone. It's just a good idea. Like your quality of life will go up. Even if you don't add a minute to your life, you'll have more energy. You'll have better sex. You'll have that zest for life. Your brain works better. Uh, like and it's all good. Man, decreased risk of Alzheimer's. Oh yeah. That little thing. <laughs> The good thing is, if you get Alzheimer's, like when you're old, at least you won't remember that you had bad sex all the time because you didn't have testosterone, right? <laughs> That's true, but I do not <laughs> intend on keeping my patients alive and not have a brain to enjoy yeah. it. Uh, I do. I'm basically, we know now if you have ketones present, you're probably not going to get Alzheimer's disease. Like, I believe very wholeheartedly in a cyclical ketosis diet, like Bulletproof Diet, it's a cyclical ketosis diet. If you have ketones a lot of the time, your chances of Alzheimer's go down so dramatically. Well, we call Alzheimer's diabetes type 3. It's yeah. all about inflammation it's, and sugar and is. processed foods and, you know, yeah. Yeah. Well, we talked about all sorts of cool stuff. And I think that we're up on the end of the interview. And I know that. And well, I guess we are. I just locked up my clock there. It's three fifty-seven. So Tammy, thank you for making it all the way up here to Bulletproof Labs Alpha here on the island to do a live interview. It's been a lot of fun. 
Where can people find out more about your book uh, and all the other stuff you're working on? And keep in mind, you can see her at the conference. But aside yes. from coming to bulletproofconference.com and buying a ticket right now to see Dr. Tammy, Dr. Tammy, where can people find you? Uh, DrTammy.com, D-R-T-A-M-I. And we're going to have our big pre-launch for the paperback starting in November and uh, through December and January. And our goal is to have over $300 worth of free bonuses that are just going to bless people's lives and rock their health so that buying the paperback is like, yeah, yeah, I get a book too. <laughs> so, so how's that going to work? So when you buy the book, how do they, how do you know they bought the book to give them $300 worth of cool stuff? Well, there's fancy receipt trackers oh, cool. and, uh, you can take a picture of your receipt with oh, your so phone they and just email send you the receipt. it. Cool. And yeah. We want to make it easy. Um, and what I really want to do is I want to get people not just getting their own lives, but women, I believe, and no offense to men, but I feel, I believe that women are going to be the ones that change the world. Women make decisions that affect their health, which in turn make decisions that affect the family's health and the family's health affects the community and the community affects, it just is this big ripple and we can't make positive change when we feel like crap. Well, here's the deal. And I would support what you're saying there. Um, if women get their hormones under control in particular women have testosterone men like it anyway so like it's all good it's oh everybody <laughs> benefits absolutely but you know we thought organic food was a trendy little thing mm -hmm. but we changed the entire economy based on our decisions and so that's what i want to do i want to create a hormone revolution so don't just buy a book for you you know buy three it's paperback for goodness sake it's less than twenty dollars and hand it out and and get people excited you know they can log into bulletproof and listen to your podcasts and there's so much great information that you can be the ceo of your own health there's one more thing i'm going to add in there if you're a guy buy this book for the women in your life well actually the protocols are the same for the men yeah. We just wrote it in the female voice because Simon and Schuster. So it's exactly the same for the men. Totally. But, but here's the deal. A low testosterone has a, a profound effect on guys. But if your significant other has low testosterone, the effect on you is even worse than you having low testosterone. Amen. I, I'm just saying, like, the woman in your life needs testosterone before you get it because then you'll get it. Wait, did I say that right? I think so. <laughs> anyway, uh, that's why this matters for everyone listening. This isn't like a, a just a, a woman thing. Your book is targeted at women, but it, only because it, women buy more books, and uh, the protocol well, is the same for and, men and women. Forty percent of my yeah. patients are men. And when you ask people, uh, just a random set of men and women, like like what's the problem? Energy and cravings. Women actually are having more energy problems than men, yeah. and it comes down to hormones and. If you're having relationship issues, and I don't know how many new parents, all of my friends, when they're new parents, go through this time when it's like, you know, I remember we used to have like a sex life, we used to have a dating life, and and like we used to talk, yeah, and and like one of us wasn't tired all the time, and all that. It's actually hormonal. It's also mitochondrial. Like like there are energy issues that we talked about, but. This book can absolutely change that. And we talked about how long does it take for people to respond to, say, thyroid and testosterone? It was... It could be less than a week. Less than a week. Or so, up to three months. Yeah. But it's a 30-day plan in the book uh -huh. to, to just actually reboot all of that mm -hmm. so that it's not going to be a peak. It's yeah. going to be sustained. In fact, I'm going to... Here's a good way to put it. If you are seeing a relationship therapist and you are not both using testosterone, you're wasting money. 
Did I, I have say a that? number of sex therapists <laughs> in the city who refer patients yeah. to me because yeah. if you don't have the, if you don't have gas for a Lamborghini, yeah. the Lamborghini's not going. Yep. That's what it comes down to. So that's why I'm, I'm a huge fan of hormones and changing my hormones changed my life, gave me a lot of control back from my biology. And I've seen it work in countless clients and just people who post on Facebook and all that. So, And one of our bonuses mm-hmm. for our book, The mm-hmm. Hormone Secret Launch for the paperback, <laughs> you may not even know this because you have such a, you know, an expanse in the impact that you make, but we are going to get some bulletproof recipes. Oh, cool. That yeah. That have not been published before. That are hormone focused as one of the bonuses. In fact, I do know about that because you see the kitchen right back there behind the camera. That's actually where I developed those recipes. So and my favorite arugula chocolate. Oh, the chocolate pear salad. Is that legit? That, oh my that's, gosh. that's in Bulletproof the Cookbook. I love that salad. It's yeah. so amazing. <laughs> It's my signature salad now. You didn't know that. You, you can I do have give it. you credit. <laughs> oh, well, I, I appreciate it. it. It's we served that at the last bulletproof conference at, yeah, at some dinner. of the restaurants. Yeah, man, it it's there's something about that. I don't know what it is. It's special. Like you. Thank oh, you for gee, having thanks, me. Thanks, Dr. Tammy. Thanks for being on. And if you enjoyed this show, here's what to do: go and buy a copy or two of Dr. Tammy's book. And while you're at it. Keep drinking Bulletproof Coffee. Maybe try one of the three new roasts that we have. We have Original Roast. We have French Kick, which is dark but not burned. And we have The Mentalist, which is my new favorite. That's slightly darker than what we have now, the original. And it's uh, it, it's just fantastic. So try the different flavors and come see us at the conference. Hang out with Dr. Tammy. Hang out with me. Hang out with about 3,000 other people who totally follow this conversation and are interested and people will teach you things and people you'll probably want to stay in touch with anyway. So join the community, meet some cool people, hear from world-class people talking about hormones, mitochondria, energy, uh, Alberto Viotto, stem cells, all the good stuff. And then when you're done, get some fat taken out and inject those stem cells and you'll be superhuman before you know it. Have an awesome afternoon. Did you know that Bulletproof is on Instagram? You can find us at Bulletproof Coffee or my personal feed is Dave.Asprey. Hope to see you there. The Human Upgrade, formerly Bulletproof Radio, was created and is hosted by Dave Asprey. The information contained in this podcast is provided for informational purposes only and is not intended for the purposes of diagnosing, treating, curing, or preventing any disease. Before using any products referenced on the podcast, consult with your healthcare provider, carefully read all labels, and heed all directions and cautions that accompany the products. Information found or received through the podcast should not be used in place of a consultation or advice from a healthcare provider. If you suspect you have a medical problem or should you have any healthcare questions, please promptly call or see your healthcare provider. This podcast, including Dave Asprey and the producers, disclaim responsibility for any possible adverse effects from the use of information contained herein. Opinions of guests are their own, and this podcast does not endorse or accept responsibility for statements made by guests. This podcast does not make any representations or warranties about guest qualifications or credibility. This podcast may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products or services. Individuals on this podcast may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to herein. This podcast is owned by Bulletproof Media.